You're listening to HR Mavericks, a weekly podcast featuring leading small business HR professionals who share their experiences and insights to help you know how to turn your HR processes and employee experience into a strategic business advantage. Let's get into the show. Welcome to the next episode of HR Mavericks. I'm Garrett Justice, and today I'm joined by Ben Eden, who's an HR executive coach um, with his own company, Reach Your Own, Reach Your Ultimate Potential. Ben, how are you doing today? I'm so good. Thanks for having me. Man, we are excited to have you on here. I know you have just this wealth of experience. You've worked with so many other HR professionals, so many companies. So I'm excited to kind of extract some of that knowledge that you have and really talk about our topic today. But again, before we do, you know, we like to always have our guests tell a little bit more about their career background. So tell us more about your career background and what your company now does. Okay. So my background comes, you know, I did a couple internships. I was at a credit union and I did the basic college thing, but then I got an HR internship with a trampoline park of all things. And I started as the intern And I quickly grew to manage the department because my boss was like, well, I just want to be a soccer mom. So here you go. And I had to learn very quick. I actually fired somebody this, the second day of my job as an intern. I'm like, are you kidding me? Wow. (laughs) So I had to create all sorts of things. We started with three locations. And by the end of my seven years, we were at 75 locations all over the world. So we really grew up fast, but my department always stayed pretty small. My, you know, HR just wasn't seen the way I hoped it would be seen at that place. Unfortunately, we fell under the bad stigma from the office of Toby, right? <laughs> oh, we don't need HR. There's this, right? It happens too often, right? I know, darn it. <laughs> so, but yes, uh, so my department was four. The biggest I ever got was having three employees and we had these 2000 employees all over the world. So wow. that was a lot to deal with. Uh, but we had the... It was a trampoline park. So we had the front desk, the family entertainment aspect. We built the parks. So we had the manufacturing arm (laughs) because we were at a corporate uh, level and we had to manage these 75 parks. We created the professional services aspect with call centers. There were a lot of elements to it. And I love the experience I got. But I ended up leaving that position in February of 2020. Good timing, right? Mm -hmm. Because of what I do now and talking about emotional wellness. You know, me being a male, having a history of success, you know, bachelor's, master's degree, executive HR, whatever, in my 20s, you might think, well, no big deal. He's got his life put together. In fact, a lot of people did say, Ben, you have a picture perfect life. But I had some personal things going on and suffering in silence, as I called it. And I learned about the emotional pain that so many people experience. And it was to the point where I left all of that to devote myself full time to be a speaker and a life coach or executive coach, helping, especially HR professionals who might feel in the same boat. And I think we'll get into more details on that in a little bit, but that's kind of why I am here and what I'm doing, because I really want to see people for where they are. And I know that a lot of people do suffer in silence and I want to help end that. I love that. And I, and I, I love, you know, your openness about that. And we're excited to kind of get into that topic today. That's what we want to talk about today. But before we do, I have another question for you. What um, drew you to the field of HR? I, I like to ask this question to, you know, a lot of our guests, either what drew you or what's kept you in that, that space in HR? It's a great question. So when I was in college, I actually started doing computer science because I like computers and I had a job doing some computer cool stuff, but it was kind of a lonely job. 
And so I talked to my uh, counselor at the college and she's like, well, I'll take a few quizzes and this, that, and the other. So I took, what do I want to be when I grow up? Right. Mm-hmm. Online. <laughs> and it comes up with a couple things. And I'll have to tell you about one funny thing, probably another time, but it did come up with employee relations. I'm like, what in the world is that? So I talked to the counselor and she's like, mm, HR. And I knew nothing, absolutely nothing about HR. Hmm. I didn't even know that I had interviewed with HR for my other jobs. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so she got me into the intro to HR class and I loved it. It was one of those things where finally college was fun. Finally, this just made sense. And it was all pretty much common sense to me, right? It's just like, oh yeah, this totally makes sense. So I did well in school and went on to my ba- my master's, like I said. Um, but the idea of HR and why I've stayed in it, and it's not the answer of I like people, right? Mm-hmm. It's the aspect of I see the value that people have in an organization. And when we can see them as people and not just resources, then not only can we have a huge impact on so many people's lives, but we can impact the business as well because we say, Hey, Garrett, your talent is this. And I see that I understand it. And I want to help you improve that because when you improve and your talent improves, the company improves Yeah, and HR can be enrolled to do that. It's meaningful. That's for sure. I mean, I, I can't think of a department that could be more meaningful, have impact, like you said, on individual, so many people's individuals lives as well as the bottom line of the company since often that biggest expense for most companies is people, right? And so love it. That's great. Well, let's dive into this topic. Um, You kind of already um, gave an overview of it a little bit with kind of your history and your background. But what we really want to talk about today is really around HR well-being. So we know that there are a lot of overworked HR professionals out there right now, especially right now over the last two years, the craziness that companies have gone through so much of that pressure and stress has fallen to those HR people, especially in small business where they're wearing lots of hats. It's like, they're having to figure it all out. Right. Mm -hmm. And you did something special recently in January, you hosted an HR wellbeing week. And so I want to talk a little bit about that. Tell us a little bit more about this HR wellbeing week and why you wanted to do that event and, and why now? Absolutely. So again, back to my experience a little bit, just to give you some context, and then we'll come back to where we are. So me being the executive, um, I still felt I have a lot of value to give, you know, with the education, the experience, the passion, but I wasn't, I didn't feel like I was being listened to. I often felt like I had to prove my value. We were growing fast and we would hit countries like Belgium, Finland, Mexico, Canada, other countries. And I was just expected to figure out the HR there. And I'm like, are you kidding me? (laughs) They didn't teach that in school. I don't know their laws. I can't be held liable for this. And I can't be confident like I would like to in these countries. Sure, I'll do my best, but I really need to get a partner where I really need some resources because I cared about the success of the company. And I knew that I wanted to do this well so the company could succeed. But I felt so much of, well, you just need to do it or you're just HR. And it wasn't often said out loud, but it was definitely the feeling that I had that I only have you because I have to, Hmm. right, in HR. And so I certainly felt overworked many times, very undervalued and everything else. Now, this isn't here to complain about my past job, right? He was a great guy. Um, But I felt these things, lots going on, lots on my plate. There's only four of us for these 2,000 growing employees. And so I experienced this element of, what a lot of HR professionals feel today with the pandemic. My goodness, laws changing every day, right? I'm sure everybody knows about the OSHA example recently. We used to have to keep track of vaccine cards and all of a sudden we don't. 
oh darn. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we put so much work into developing something and now we don't know we have to shift and we have to pivot and we have to take care of everybody else so often that when do we find time to take care of ourselves in HR? And so that's just a brief explanation, but for the past two years, I've been sharing this message, trying to help HR professionals give themselves permission to help themselves because I hear the complaints, I hear the need, and so I want to provide a solution. Yeah. And so I was doing my podcast, and I met somebody in Boston, and we were just chatting. We just saying, we see this need, and we really want to help, but how can we do it? And, and you know, I brought up the idea that I've done a couple summits, and then together we're like, well, why don't we throw a summit? Maybe we'll just do an HR well-being day. And then we turned it into a week. We said, you know, HR uh, professionals are busy. And so we know that they might not be able to take a week off or maybe not even an entire day. But what if we do three hours a day for the week and they can come to what they can? And then we say, okay, this is cool. Who could we partner with? And I think it would be cool if we had 100 people sign up. And I'm telling you, we had 1,200 people wow. sign up. Yeah. Okay. So that tells us there's a need. Mm -hmm. People are interested and HR needs it, right? Some of the most common and popular topics that came, and I did a survey, so I have this data. Where is HR for HR? Was one of the biggest. Yeah. Another was emotional intelligence for HR. Another one was bullying in HR. Hmm. So guess what? All the things that we have to deal with as HR are things that we need to deal with in HR. Yeah. Okay. But here's another thing. In my personal experience, I did start to look for, you know, coaching type people or who, who could I turn to for help when I had so much on my plate, so much that I was dealing with and I just needed help. And at the time I didn't find a resource, you know, um, being in my twenties and being an executive and being international, it was hard for me to find somebody that I could re relate with. Even in my SHRM, local SHRM associations, you know, we were just so focused on getting our next SHRM credit and learning about the next legal update or the new benefit or this, that, and the other for the employees. And I'm like, well, when can I talk to somebody about what I'm going through? Mm -hmm. Right. And here's one more thing about the conference. You know, I'll throw out the word conference summit because those are common terms, but it was actually HR Wellbeing Week. Mm -hmm. We were very focused on the HR professional themselves. We said, this is not an event for your employees. This is an event for you. It's time for you. And this is probably one of the only times you get to. And it was interesting because it's natural for HR professionals to say, hey, I'm here to help my employees. So how does this apply to them? Right. Or how can I help them? And in the Q&A, people often said, OK, this is cool. So how do you have any tips on how I can help my employees with this? And we had to stop and we said, no, this is for you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, you know, it's a continuous moment of reminding ourselves in HR that guess what? If you want to be there to help your company with remote work and work-life balance and COVID this and PTO that, well, if you don't have the energy to do it, then you're not going to be able to help how you need. Yeah. No, I, I love that. And I think you kind of answered the next question that I really wanted to to ask you already, it's, you know, why do you think HR professionals especially have a need of, you know, why is it important for them to take care of themselves? And I think you kind of hit on that with kind of your last comments there that before you can take care of everyone else at the company, you got to make sure that 
you're in a good spot. You got to take care of yourself. Is that right? Oh, yeah. And here's an example. Now, this is a parenting example, but, you know, we can apply principles to different things. I'm a new parent as of last June. Okay. So what, seven months? Mm -hmm. And so I'm still figuring out lots. And it's interesting because I have now three kids and I had three employees. I'm like, hmm, maybe that was a preparation. (laughs) (laughs) But last night, so yesterday, you know, I was having some kid troubles. They weren't listening. They were needy and this, that, and the other. And I was just getting tired. And this morning... I got up early and I did my exercises and I took care of me, some pondering, make sure I had enough water and took care of those things. And so when they woke up, even though they were normal kids and sometimes just slow and things that you don't want them to do, I was much more ready to be in a place where I could be ready to take care of them. Right. And the same thing applies for us in HR. If we are saying that, uh, I just have to work from eight to five. Oh, wait, no. From seven to nine. Oh, wait, no. Maybe six to 10 mm-hmm. because there's so much for me to do. And when my employees frustrate me, then they're just going to continuously frustrate you. Why? Because we haven't taken the time to take care of our needs. And it's not a selfish thing, right? Mm-hmm. It's not, oh my goodness, I can't because then I'm not fulfilling my job and I'm not a value, yada, yada. We have to see it a different way. In order to do my job the way that I need to, I need to take care of myself. Yeah. I love it. I think that's absolutely right. And the only thing I would add too, is if there are you know business owners out there who are listening to this, the savvy business owners are going to know that they need to really push their HR people to take care of themselves first, right? You know, mm-hmm. so that they can then be in a place where they can take care of the rest of the employees and be more effective there at work. So I think the best business owners, leaders are, they're catching on to that. You know, I think a lot of people have those stories kind of like you shared early in your career where it felt like there was less importance there. And, and I think that businesses, at least the best ones are starting to figure that out. The best businesses are starting to figure that out, helping hopefully those HR people take care of themselves so they can take care of the employees. So exactly. Awesome. Well, um, excellent job, like setting the stage for this. And I think that there's definitely a need and an importance, but next question I have for you is really like, how should HR professionals take care of themselves? What does that look like? Um, I'm sure that there was a lot of really good tips shared at that HR wellbeing week. What were some of the highlights from that? Or, you know, some other recommendations that you might have for an HR professional who's listening to this and saying, okay, I get it. I need to take care of myself. Where do I start? Yeah. I love that you asked this question. And this is super interesting as me as a host, of course, I uh, attended all the sessions and listened and watched the chats. And I just felt with the HR professionals. It was interesting when we talked about these topics of bullying or emotional intelligence or mom guilt, or one of the other big ones was imposter syndrome. Hmm. When we know that we don't know everything, but we have to pretend like we do, right? We have to show up in a place that we don't feel hundred percent authentic with, but guess what? That happens to all of us. Mm-hmm. And it was very interesting because these HR professionals, they even said it, that they finally felt seen, heard, and validated. Okay. And that was good because they were talking about it. And I said, yes, people, people feel that. But the next step is to do something about it, Mm -hmm. right? Because yes, it's so crucial. And I use that word on purpose, crucial to know that we are seen, heard, and validated because that's the first step to being able to move on. But if we're just saying, hey, I need to feel that, I need to feel that, I need to feel that, then we get in a position of I'm a victim or I need somebody to solve my problems or I'm just complaining, right? Mm -hmm. And so 
what are some things that we can do to take care of ourselves? Here are some things that were mentioned in the uh, event. Here's a principle of we need to tell our stories, right? So for example, we hear about the sales numbers. Why? Because everybody needs to know about those because the company is going to go up or down based on what we sell, right? And so we hear the stories and we celebrate their successes or we know about when they're struggling. Marketing, we know their numbers, if they're doing well, if they're not. Finances, we can see the P&L. Manufacturing, we can see how many things are produced. When do we share HR stories? That's pretty rare. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you from my experience, my excuse or the, the limiting belief that I had in my mind was, well, I can't tell in my stories because they're all confidential. <laughs> and yeah, there's a ton to it. I believe it. There's numbers, there's people, there's HIPAA, there's medical, this, that, and the other. But guess what? You can still share your stories while respecting confidentiality. Mm-hmm. An example of mine was with my CEO, even though sometimes I felt overseen, not, not overseen, but you know, overlooked. Mm-hmm. and unappreciated the the day that i remember saying hey we've had this many sexual harassment complaints that you never heard of because we solved them mm-hmm. and this many workers comp things that could have turned into an issue but didn't and when he heard those he's like wow i had no idea you did all this <laughs> or when i said here's how much money <clears throat> we saved because we did this negotiation with benefits or because of this market research that we've done, we've saved this much money because we hire people at the value that they need to, but we don't overpay or whatever. And oh my goodness, those are the stories that we can and should share. And the other aspect is with company values. You know, I hope every company has them because they're so important and you need to talk about them and share those stories. If you are if you have a value of integrity, for example, say, hey, when I was having a conversation with district manager X in this location, I saw how he or she uh, demonstrated this company value of integrity. And then guess what your boss hears? Hey, my HR professional is involved with my company, knows my people and is helping my company live the company values. Yeah. So we got to share our stories. Yeah. I love that. I think that's an awesome tip. And I think that, you know, what, 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 what's highlighted to me in that is it's helping HR professionals elevate their roles. So often, especially in small business HR and solo HR person or small teams, they wear so many hats and they're focused just on, you know, the execution. But when you can start sharing those stories of all the awesome stuff that you're already doing, it helps you elevate your role and be seen by other key leaders at the department on the, about the awesome things that you're doing that they might be missing. Right. And the value that you're really adding to the business. So I love that. Yeah. Um, Another thing that comes to my mind is the idea of reaching out. I call it reaching out, right? And there are a million ways we can call it. And I could give you a list of things that HR professionals can do to take care of themselves. But if you don't do this one thing, then all these other things might be seen as one more thing that I need to do and I don't have time for, Mm -hmm. right? Which they're all great things. I've used them and they've had huge impact on my life. Other people have uh, specific businesses regarding these things. So there's nothing wrong with them. I actually preach them and, you know, teach them. But until you reach out and get some things off your chest or some, even if they're just proverbial things off your plate, then you won't think that you have the ability to do these other things for your well-being. right? Mm-hmm. In my parenting example, if I didn't know that, yes, I can wake up an hour early, even though I'm tired, and yes, I can exercise. And yes, I can drink more water. Then the other impact wouldn't work. But here's the example of reaching out. I told you that I struggled to find somebody that I could relate with. 
like I tried, I reached out to some people, either they were busy or I would talk international and they would talk city. And it Mm -hmm. it just didn't feel like I could be understood. And so, yes, part of my journey was working with a therapist because I had a lot of things that I just had never told anybody and I needed to work on. And if that's the case for you, go for it, try it out, you know? And as I did that, I learned that it was okay to reach out to my parents, my friends, and find other people that may not have the same situation. Maybe they don't have international experience, but hey, now I can talk to them about other things that are on my plate or on my mind or that I'm worried about. And when I'm talking to them about these things, then I feel the weight lifted and I feel empowered again that I can take on the responsibilities that I still have. And can I give you one more example? Mm-hmm. So one of the clients that I work with, she is very successful. She was an HR executive and her goal was to leave because she wasn't feeling valued and create her own HR consulting business. And I'm telling you, one of the most valuable and effective sessions that we had together was when she simply unloaded some things that she was dealing with. Some of it was family. Some of it was frustration. Some of it was just thoughts, concerns, emotions, and that was like the game changer for her. And so any HR professional, this is what I do specifically in my role right now. I help burned out, unappreciated, and overwhelmed HR professionals find optimism in their job again. And how does that happen? Do I talk with them and I say, here's a million things you can do? No. Do I say you should be happy and here's how? No. I'm a safe place that I help them unlock what's already inside of them or remind them that they still have that capability. And it's that principle of reaching out and sharing and getting some things off your plate. I love it. I love it. This is awesome, awesome stuff. And I think that it makes sense that that is the the first step that anyone needs to do is just reach out, be heard, and get it off your chest. And then you can move on to a lot of these more tangible tips that you know, that we've heard about, that we talked about, that all of us know we need to do, but you got to start there at the beginning, right? Right. Yeah. Can't skip that step. Exactly. You know, if you, do you want a few things to put on the list or do you just gonna leave it where it is? <laughs> no, I mean, feel free to share. If you have other things that you feel like are really, that really impactful that stood out to you at that HR wellbeing week, love, love more things. Sure. Um, because yeah, some people reach out, isn't going to be good enough until they learn the power of reaching out because too often, a lot of us are just like, just tell me what to do. Just tell me how to solve the problem and I'll do it. Right. I'll tell you, but (laughs) there's more to it. Right. Anyway. So the principle of reaching out, if you're not ready to talk to somebody because you're like, well, I I don't want to be vulnerable. I don't even know what to say. I don't know where to start. I don't have time. Then start on a personal level with writing it down. Okay. And again, this is another thing. You're just like, are you kidding me? You're telling me to, to take a journal or a diary. That's mm-hmm. lame, <laughs> but do it differently. Think about it differently. Instead of say, well, what am I going to write about? Just say, how did I feel today? Well, I've never done this. This is stupid. I feel like this is dumb. I hate this. I don't know why I'm doing this. Oh, that's a good start. <laughs> and then you'll start to feel, wow, this, this feels pretty good. Then you say, you know what? Today at work, when my boss uh, overlooked my work, or when he celebrated with me, she, whatever, you know, whatever we want to talk about it, then, hey, this is how I felt. And this is an impact on me. And when I can realize that I'm okay in certain situations, and here's why I'm okay, then we build this self-awareness. We remember that we are empowered, that we're able to do things that we can. 
And then we start to make a good direction. Why? Because we're taking things off our plate. Yeah. Uh, one huge principle that I learned, a lot of people say a to-do list. Well, how about a to-don't list? Mm-hmm. Or when you say, here's some things to start, add two things. What do I need to start? What do I need to keep doing? And what do I need to stop doing? Mm-hmm. And guess what? If you do that third, these other two will be easier. <laughs> I love it. That's great. Oh, let me add one one in there myself too. If there's people out there who are thinking, man, I, I'm just not a writer. I just can't do that. It just takes too long. Something I've started doing personally is my own personal video journals where it's just turn your camera on, put it on yourself, go in a quiet room and just talk to your camera, right? Get it out there. It's the same, same sort of principle, but talk about what happened good today. What happened, what didn't happen good today? What do you want to fix? And that can be a quick way for you to get it out there to kind of formulate your thoughts there and to then be able to move on to those next to do's to don'ts, everything else. Right. Yes. And I love that. Um, I was going to say, you know, I'm a God fearing man and I believe in prayer. And that is a huge principle as well, because I'm talking to a higher power who fully understands who I am and what I'm going through. And again, it's the principle of he would love to help, but sometimes until we make space by releasing some things, then we don't have that room for help. Right. So when we can practice talking, letting it go, whatever you want to call it, venting, right. So that you have space for help and that you can be in a proper space yourself to say, I am empowered and I am good enough and I can continue. That's where the benefit is. Awesome. Well, Ben, this has been an awesome conversation. I'm sure we could just keep going forever here because there's so much good stuff here, but really appreciate you joining the podcast today, sharing your thoughts. I think this is such an important topic for all HR professionals, especially in the last two years of everything that, you know, HR professionals especially have faced with Mm -hmm. the COVID pandemic and everything else. So thank you for taking the time to share some of these insights. And I I think that, you know, part of what you shared today is going to be really impactful and helpful for many, many listeners out there. As we kind of wrap this up, one question I really like to ask, not necessarily related to our topic today, is really focused around our mission for the HR Mavericks community, which this podcast you know, is a part of, is to really democratize HR knowledge and best practices. So what's your one tip or one thing that you would recommend you know, those listening should do this week to improve their HR or people functions? Okay, I love this question. I've learned this from specific experience these last two years. I used to be a person that was very much task oriented. And if I'm going to work with you, I need to know what you can do so that I can work with you. So I would just need to know your skills. But I've learned the importance of knowing the person too, right? I work with a lot of people all over the world and I have to get to know them quickly over a Zoom, for example. And every time I get to know them as a person first, the relationship and working relationship is better afterwards. And so in my previous company, we hired a new executive. And one of the first things she done, she did and that we had never done is simple questions like, what did you do in high school? Or what's your favorite book? What's, mm-hmm. your, what's your favorite thing to do? You know, things, just people things. Mm-hmm. And if you can do that in your HR department, for example, then you, re- then you will remind yourselves that you are people too. Crazy that even in HR, we forget that sometimes. Mm-hmm. When you can know that another person happens to like the band ACDC or whatever the thing is, right? Then you say, wow, we have a connection. And with that connection, you both can face the challenge of benefits or the challenge of policies together in a better way. 
Love it. I love that tip. I think that's great. Um, and I encourage everyone out there to find a way to do that or do it better or do it more, more often. So Ben, this has been great. If there are listeners who want to get in touch with you, um, or learn more about how you might be able to help their business, what's the best way for them to do that? Yes. Thank you. The best way right now, and this is a new thing that I'm doing right now, connect with me on LinkedIn, right? So it's Ben Eden. If you go to the URL, it's Ben Eden speaks at the very end, but Ben Eden and send me a message on LinkedIn saying that you listened to this podcast and I'll give you a complimentary coaching call. Cause I just want to help you reach out and get the help that you need. Awesome. Well, hope everyone out there listens to that and, and takes advantage of it because that is an amazing offer. So Ben, thanks again so much for being on the show today. Hope you have a great rest of the day. Thanks Garrett. Today, enduring companies know that their people are their most important assets and they invest in helping them excel. But often, small businesses with limited HR resources struggle to manage their people, payroll, and processes efficiently and create an environment where frontline, deskless employees thrive. That's why we created Eddie. Eddie is the all-in-one HR suite built for local businesses that streamlines tedious HR processes and improves the employee experience for frontline workers. With Eddie, you can hire, manage, pay, and engage employees with one easy-to-use software. No headache required. You've already done the hard part by creating a great business. Now let us help you take it to the next level. Visit eddie.com today to request a demo.